Welcome back to the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. I am your host, Evangelist Mike McCurry. I appreciate you being with us today. I have an invitation for you. I've mentioned it every day this week, and I'm not going to stop anytime soon. You see, we're having an open house at Bible Tracts Incorporated. We want to see you there. Bible Tracks Incorporated been around since 1938. In the last couple of years, we've started having an open house. I want you to be there, November 13th. It's a Saturday. You might have the day off. If not, maybe I'm giving you enough advance notice that you can make sure you have the day off. Join us between 1 and 5 p.m. Some food, some fun, or free food, free fun. How about some fellowship with some Christian brothers and sisters from around the nation? We'll have folks. I, I just talked to someone that might be coming up from Kentucky. We have some people coming down from Wisconsin. Of course, a bunch of people from our neck of the woods in Illinois. Maybe a few coming over from Indiana. I know, I know we have listeners all across the nation and some outside of the United States. Regardless, we want you to consider coming. If you can't come, maybe what we'll do is have a virtual tour. We'll show you our new-to-us building, what God has blessed us with. Remember, it's about two times the square footage, three to four times the land area. It's going to make the work of Bible Tracks Incorporated so much more efficient. We're excited about it. I hope you'll join us Saturday, November 13th. If you have questions, you can email us, openhouse at bibletractsinc.org, openhouse at bibletractsinc.org. I have with me a gospel tract called Memorial Stones. Now, of course, Veterans Day is not too far away. It's actually around the time of our open house. This gospel tract would be a great one for Veterans Day. Now, of course, we have Memorial Day, and that's when we really remember those that have died in the service of our country. But Veterans Day, it works for that as well. This Memorial Stone concept, it's really about the gravestones. Have you ever been to Arlington National Cemetery? I have. Such a somber place, a sacred place. This gospel track starts on the inside with a, a little boy talking to his daddy. He says, Daddy, please tell me about these stones. Well, son, the dad answers, these stones are loving memorials of departed loved ones. They mark the graves of moms and dads, brothers and sisters, grandmothers, grandfathers, neighbors, and good friends. Some are in memory of soldiers who died to preserve our freedom. These stones speak of our love and respect for the ones buried here. They also speak of certain death. You realize that there are those that don't realize that there is life after death. The question is, when you are lowered into the ground in that casket and that gravestone is placed over you, where will you be? And this gospel track called Memorial Stones talks about that. I hope you'll go to BibleTracksInc.org, get your very own copy today. We are in the book of 2 Samuel, chapter number 12. Let's, uh, for context's sake, we have a lot to talk about, but for those of you that might have missed the previous couple of days, let's go and read and talk about how David made a massive mistake. He committed adultery, and then he had the woman's husband that he was having an affair with. He had that man killed. Verse number one of 1 Samuel chapter 12, the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, there were two men in one city. 
the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. There came a traveler unto the rich man. He spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. Nathan is telling this story, this illustration to David in verse number five. David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, meaning the rich man. He said to Nathan, as the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. He shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing, because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul, and I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom, and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah, and if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Nathan is calling out David here. Verse number 10, we continue on. Now therefore the sword shall ne never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me, and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Verse number 13. This is where I'd like you to really engage your brain. I'd like you to realize how to correctly handle correction and conviction. That word conviction is going to be the theme for today and tomorrow. But let's look at how David dealt with this. Did he say, I don't know what you're talking about, Nathan. I did no such thing. I am innocent of these charges. No. Verse 13, David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. How be it? But because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. David is reminded that he is acting like Saul acted against him. The man that wanted to kill him because of his jealousy, wanted to take everything that David had, David is now doing the same thing. He did the same thing to Uriah the Hittite. He's reminded that he is mistreating his office. And here's the consequence. The memorial of his failure, he will be a bloody king. In verse number 11, we find that mayhem and murder will follow him throughout his days. The punishment for his sin, though it was done in secret, the punishment will be open and manifest. But verse 13, David handled it like a man. He handled it like a child of God. I'd like to read for you a few verses from the book of Psalm. Psalm chapter number 51. Many of you would be familiar with this. The book of Psalms 51 says this. This is David's prayer in the aftermath. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. We're talking about how to correctly handle correction and conviction 
Well, verse number four tells us that David said against thee, meaning God, against thee, thee only have I sinned. A lot of times we want to fess up and and uh, repent and talk to, ask for forgiveness from those other people that we've wronged, but we forget to ask the Lord's forgiveness because at the end of the day, the arbiter of justice, the bringer of righteousness, he is the one that we have really wronged when we wrong his creation against thee. Thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Verse number 7 of Psalm 51, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Verse number 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. I was literally just thinking of this verse earlier today. I was thinking of all the mistakes that I've made in my life. I I couldn't, uh, my memory fails me to remember all of them. There's been so many. And I was thinking that God, I I honestly, I hadn't even put two and two together that this would be a part of this particular Bible study. And I was thinking, God, I need you to create me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. But the thought that just blasted across my brain was that this needs to be my prayer every day day, creating me a clean heart. So oftentimes we don't even realize when we've allowed our heart to get dirty. Renew a right spirit within me. Oftentimes, at least for me, I can do the right things with the wrong spirit. Have you ever found yourself there? Have you ever been called on the carpet by God? Maybe the Holy Spirit just tweaks you just a little bit and says, hey, your heart's not very clean right now. Your spirit needs to be renewed. And what do we do? What do I do? I can only speak for myself. Sometimes I push him away. I keep him at arm's length and say, I'm having too much fun living the way I want to live. Oh, Lord, don't let that be you. Don't let that be me. Create in me a clean heart. This is David's response. How to handle correction and conviction correctly? Well, verse number 11. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Why is it that we can't seem to get a hold of God? Maybe it's because we don't have a broken and a contrite spirit. Maybe it's because we don't handle his conviction the right way. David, because of the way he handled this, he received mercy, but realized, my friend, that there were still consequences. In the mercy, there would still be misery for David and the child's mother. Realize this, my friend. Please wrap your mind around the fact that once the machinery of sin begins moving, once we put it into motion, others oftentimes, always, always, always get hurt as well. Galatians 6, 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. 
For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. I understand that in context, this these verses in Galatians are actually more positive verses talking about Christians reaping the good things they've sown, but it also works both ways. The Bible does say that he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Friend, that's not what I want. I want that life everlasting. Tomorrow on the broadcast, we are going to dive into and focus on what conviction requires, how, when responded to correctly, how we should respond to conviction. We're going to talk about the impediments of conviction, the inspiration of conviction, and lastly, the impact of conviction when handled correctly. I appreciate so much that you've been a part of our audience today here on the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. I hope something that was said today would would touch your heart, would make you say that the next time you feel that little touch from the Holy Spirit of conviction, that you'll handle it correctly. Let's continue and finish this discussion tomorrow. Have a great day for His glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.